giving permission slips left, right, and center for women to like become who they were made to be is kind of my sweet spot as the coach. And it and as I do that, it fuels my purpose and it lights me up, and I I love my life even more. So. Welcome to the Juggling the Chaos of Recovery podcast, where we focus on health and wellness and overcoming all types of addictions. You're in the right place if you're a mom, dad, sibling, or caregiver who has a loved one who is or was struggling with an eating disorder or any other kind of addiction. In a time where everything seems heavy, I'm here to bring you a very real yet lighthearted take on what the heck we're all supposed to do with our lives while we care for our loved ones who are struggling. One thing holds true throughout it all. You can't juggle the chaos without smiling, at least a little bit. Well, welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Moira Gorski, and so glad you are here. You know, I do, I connect with so many men and women throughout um, my life, but many of them are through social media. And my guest today, I'm excited to bring to you, I've met Elizabeth through LinkedIn, and um, I just was really, really attracted to her and getting to know her because of the word joy in her, Mm. um, in what she does. And um, Mm -hmm. as if you've listened to my podcast for a while, you know that I have developed a journal called the Journey to Joy Journal. Um, Journaling has become a big part of my journey and my healing, if you will, in kind of dealing with life. And um, Elizabeth Rhino, who's coming to us today, um, is a wonderful faith-based uh, coach for women, and she is all about helping women lean into their purpose, but really find that joy or bring that joy back. Mm-hmm. And again, totally resonated with that because of my situation that I've been in through the last many years. So before I go on anymore, um, uh, let me welcome to the podcast today, Elizabeth Rhino. Thanks for coming here today. Well, I'm really thankful for the invite, Moira, and and mutual like admiration and attraction. Like when we found each other on LinkedIn, I just felt like we had a real kinship or you know a real uh, synergy with our focus. And and I love that you had created a journal about joy, and I love that that's been part of your pursuit, especially because it's been part of your pursuit through difficulty. And so mm-hmm. that my thoughts kind of where my sweet spot is um, in helping women uncover their joy is when they are walking through life that's hard and where they feel joyless. And so it's my story. It seems to be a lot of your story. And so I love that you are encouraging people through your podcast and a lot of other things that you do towards that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, thank you for being here. You know, I, um, as we spoke beforehand, I just love, as you said to me, you know, I like to help people find joy and Mm -hmm. that joy is not dependent on our circumstances. You know, we can kind of start there in that. I just found that so much as I was going through just a period of time, you know, with, for one, just being a mom and having kids that struggle and then having our daughter who, you know, went through real significant struggles with her eating disorder and being away from home Mm -hmm. and, just lots of that. It's just, it felt, it felt difficult and almost um, like not right that like I could perhaps yeah. be happy when, right. you know, our kids, one, one of a couple of my kids were not happy and they say, you know, yeah. you're only as strong as your weakest parts. You know, if you talk about teamwork and mm. things like that, but it's mm-hmm. kind of that same idea that like, how can I really be that happy 
yeah, and joyful and having fun when my kids aren't having fun. Yeah. And so yeah, it's such a struggle. Um, yeah. 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 So it is a struggle. And, and I mean, the possibility though, is there that if you cultivate your joy, you're setting an example and you're creating the environment where your joy can spill out onto the people in your life that are struggling. And so I'm sure that as you have worked at cultivating joy and building it in yourself, that has probably had a significant influence on your kids, um, maybe mm-hmm. particularly your daughter, as she has struggled through the things that she has. Yeah. Yeah. I just want the audience to hear that too, that like there can be and it's it is that we can be that shining example, if you will, to our children yeah. or to an inspiration or empowering to other women um, in the yeah. lives that we choose to to lead and not being so, you know, not hiding the fact that there are struggles and there are these certain yeah. circumstances that we come through. Um, mm-hmm. And yet also, I think, and maybe we can talk about this in a little bit, is just that boundary setting, too, is that mm. not being, I don't know you know, not being sucked into the, to the heartache, to the disappointment that they're feeling, the struggles that they're feeling, not being like, you can, like somebody told me once in a support group, one of the moms whose daughter had was, it was the daughter and, and mother at the support group and sharing their stories. And so the daughter shared her story of recovery and the mother shared her story from her side of things. And she said, one of the things sure. that was so important was for her to get off of the roller coaster. And mm-hmm. I've shared that with others at times. And they're like, well, no, but that means I'm like, not really helping. I'm like, no, no, it doesn't mean that you're not helping and supporting your child or your loved yeah. one or your husband, whoever it is. It's just that you're getting off of get, getting out of their car, if you will, yeah, you're right, right next to them and supporting them, mm-hmm. but you're setting that boundary to say, listen, this is what this is your, this is your ride. I'm here to support yeah. you, but really it's the choices that you're making. And I've got to right. he- be over here taking care of myself here. Yeah, um, that's right. But um, setting that boundary and setting that like, okay, I love and support you. And um, what are you going to do? You know, as I get, yeah, you know, right. instead of being so sucked into that and being mm-hmm. so like right in that, because I found that during the struggles is that you have these expectations and then you have this, Oh, things are good. <gasps> and then you're so yeah. like excited. And then all oh, the, and then, all the so goes down, yeah. and then it's just <laughs> yeah. not good. And right. And then it's up mm-hmm. and then it's down. I think people right. can understand that. Right. And so having that expectation that there's going to be ups and downs, but it's their yes. journey and we can be here supporting them. Yeah. Um, and we're also going to choose to go find things that, bring us joy so that we're happy. Yeah, that's right. We have to. I mean, I mean, if you even if you think about like, when you're on an airplane, and they're talking about the oxygen masks, Mm -hmm. who do they tell to put on the uh, first one, the parent, right? You, Mm -hmm. you, You fuel yourself so that you can take care of that child who's with you traveling with you. Same is true. Like I am going to be a much better help and confidant and support and encourager to my children or to other people that are in my life if I'm taking care of myself, my physical health, my mental health, my emotional wellness, all of that. And so, I mean, you're, you're so right. And you've, you've experienced the depth of that with your Mm -hmm. own journey. I mean, interestingly for me, this journey towards joy over the last 
seven years has coincided with the worst and most difficult seven years of my life. And so with, with crises with our kids and, you know, things that have, you know, yielded uh, the need for police intervention and court dates and, you know, things like that because of abusive situation, um, really difficult stuff where we're trying to walk alongside of our daughter at the time who was a young teen and all of the mess of that. And at the same time, simultaneously, I feel like it was the Lord that was just telling me, pursue joy, build your joy, let it loose and and all of that. And it like, it made no sense. I was, you know, I was, I had this phrase that just dropped into my lap, joy, let loose when I was literally in the pit of depression and just in a, in a bad place. And so it made no sense. I, I couldn't make sense of it. And so all I could do with it was respond with what I knew to do next. And so it was like, the, what's the next right thing I can do with this? And so I was like, okay, well, what is joy? I had to just start there. Like, if I'm supposed to let joy loose, but I'm depressed and I don't feel joy and everything around me is, you know, feels like it's falling apart. What is joy? That's where I started. I just started reading. I started studying. I started asking people, talking about it. Um looking in the Bible for it, you know, I just started looking everywhere, like, what is joy? And can I let it loose if I don't feel like I have it myself? And so it was just in that process of starting to write a blog about joy and have conversations where I started to realize that it wasn't dependent on my circumstances. Like you said before, like, yes, my life feels like crap right now. It feels like everything is falling apart. I don't feel happy. But actually, joy is something that's under the surface that I can let germinate and grow and I can water it and I can do things to cultivate it and allow it to rise up in my life. And as I started to do those things, I wreck and let it loose. That was a bigger part. It was a big part of it for me. It was as I was telling people about it. It wasn't just myself. As I was sharing what I was learning and as I was you know, not hiding it away, but, but revealing it to other people, they were starting to experience joy. And I was like, okay, so even this thing that I'm just trying to figure out myself, that I don't fully know that I have, as I share it with a community, they're experiencing it. And in turn, that makes me feel more joyful. And so it's like, somehow, like, creating a feast and sharing it with other people is way more enjoyable than just making a nice meal for yourself and eating it at home alone. Mm. And so like it, for me, that joy growth, it's been six, uh, seven years coincided with just a really hard time, which proved to me the fact that joy isn't dependent on our circumstances and I can build my joy and, and increase in it and let it loose all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, we were going through the same similar situations, you know, for the same amount of time, mm-hmm. you know, because that's mm-hmm. been, you know, it's again, uncanny how we, um, well, there's no coincidences in life, the way yeah, that exactly. connections yeah. are made. But that we're connected. Again, yeah. yeah, I mean, totally yeah. resonate with that. And I found that, I don't know if I shared this with you when I was um, in our pre-show conversations, but, you know, when mm-hmm. I did develop uh, the journal and I, mm-hmm. one of my friends said, well, why don't you do like a book signing? I'm like, 
it's just a journal. Oh. <laughs> they're like, oh, uh, no, but it's like your journal. Like you did develop it and you yeah. could, you know, and so I did. I right. set up something yeah. um, and I'm looking forward to setting something up in the the new year here with a couple other local bookshops. Um, thank you. But, you know, I found that as I was preparing my little, you know, talk that I was doing to the group that was together, that's what I really f- focused on how. For so long, I felt like, you know, like, where's the joy? Like, where mm-hmm. are things? And like, things aren't always getting better, but like, where's the joy? Yeah. And I was like waiting for yeah. it to come back. And I right. realized that I needed to go find it. Is right. that we can sit and wait around for these good things to happen or to be like, oh, well, she's better. He's better. This is better. My business mm-hmm. is better. My dog's better. My mm-hmm. whatever. Okay. And when that happens, I'm going to be joyful, right? Then I'll be happy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Instead of like, okay, well, what could I do to become more joyful? And I, you know, I want people to hear and I think you understand that sometimes when you're like, okay, I'm going to go to a class or a little concert, or I'm going to go, it's like, you don't feel so good, right? It's really difficult right. sometimes to do that or step into yeah. a ballroom dance studio, which I did and said, Hey, I want to yes. kind of take a class. It might be kind of fun. Right. You're not always right. feeling that joyful, but it's mm-hmm. that first step. And it's like that continual, like doing things. And as I, as I spoke to these ladies and, and men, I said, I realized that the joy was there. I needed to go find it. I needed to go yeah. after that. And, right. um, I was so humbled just standing in that spot, just feeling very joyful. Like, wow, look at this. It mm-hmm. happened. I wasn't so sure right. at times, but it does happen. And the joy does return or the joy, the joy comes. Sometimes it returns, Yeah. but uh, right. I like what you're saying, because I think when things return, I just, just saying this out loud, yeah. When things return, we kind of think that they're going to look the same. That's what I kind of heard oh, when yeah, I said that. True. And so I mm-hmm. think it's, and maybe again, we want it to look the same, but I don't know. I, yeah. I like this idea of joy, let loose. Like it's just, yeah. it's coming. It's, it's coming. Yeah. We're finding it. We're discovering that joy, the things that can bring That's us right. joy. And um, yeah. it can be, you know, taking a dance lesson or it can be just, you know, stepping outside to say, oh, I'm going to go for a walk with my dog, or I'm going to go to the park or something like that, Uh because that's going to be bringing me, you know, joy. Because what are some of the things that you started to, as you were discovering what joy was all about? Are there, were there certain things that you, you know, kind of stepped into or started to do to Mm -hmm. bring that joy into your life? Yeah. I mean, you know what? One of the first things I did was I looked at my name because I, my middle name is Joy. And so, but I had never really thought about that before, like until I was in this place where that phrase came. So then I was like, well, what does my name mean? My whole name. And so Elizabeth Joy. And so Elizabeth means set apart for God, consecrated to God, given to God. And so when I run that together, set apart for God's joy, set apart for God's joy. Okay. So literally when I was born, my parents named me set apart for God's joy. And so it's like that calling all my life has been there my whole life, but I didn't know it. 
And so, mm. you know, I, I actually, you know, everybody's name means the same thing, but I actually kind of think that our name's meaning is pretty significant and it might have something to do with our purpose. And so that was one thing. I just studied that. And then I just meditated on it and considered the fact that, you know, 40, whatever, I'm 47 now, but however many years ago this was, 40 something years ago, that calling was placed on me to discover. And I just got to discover it in my 40s. Um, that was literally the first thing. The second thing was writing. I do like to write. And so I find it therapeutic. I find that um, I think better, you know, pen to paper or even with a keyboard, like stuff comes out of me that I haven't thought about before until I actually write it. My husband is a verbal processor. So stuff comes out of his mouth before he knows it. And then he knows it. And mine is the same with writing. So that's just a thing I started to do. But also like just practicing mindfulness, like being outdoors and in nature and quiet, quieting myself, like away from my phone, away from distraction, you know, anything that could distract me and just being still, like literally being still and listening to the trees, listening to the birds, um, that kind of stuff wasn't really something I had done before. I mean, I, I liked being outside, but I didn't do it on purpose. And so I started intentionally just being mindful to be quiet and to listen. And I find that for me, I get a lot of education from nature. It's like I notice, I notice things about the trees or the ground and it, it makes me think about gardening and it makes me think about processes and stuff. And so if I'm mindful... I start to learn from that. Those are some things beyond that. It it took it caused me to start to just really do a lot of self-discovery about who is Elizabeth, who am I, and how can I know who I am. Um, so just kind of starting to think about, you know, what 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 animates me? What what lights me up? When I am am I the most myself and the most joyful what it, what are those things and starting to kind of unlock those and then also what am I good at because everybody has you know skills and just things they are uniquely gifted to do and start to put those together how can I take my skills the things I'm just like er everybody knows I'm good at this and so when they need this they come to me how do I start to put that together with the things I love and just start to create opportunity for me to walk in delight and to walk in joy. And so the more I've done that, the more easy it is to get up in the morning. <laughs> you know, I know what I'm getting up for. And I can't wait to get up and do that thing. And so it has created rhythms for me that are that I like that I just literally enjoy doing these things. They light me up, but they also help other people. And so that's kind of how I've turned my coaching practice into that's kind of my sweet spot as I coach another woman is to start to just really discover who she was made to be and what what fuels her because I know that I've lived a lot of years exhausted and overwhelmed and constantly obligated to things that I don't like to do <laughs> so it's my fault because I say yes to them and so helping other women to also learn a, it's okay to say no to stuff. And B, it's okay to create opportunities for yourself to operate in your gifts and in your the places that light you up and that kind of stuff. 
Um, I don't want women to be overwhelmed. I don't want them to be drowning in things that suck the life out of them. But but so many of the women that I've encountered literally feel like they've had their life sucked out of them. And it's not that everything they're doing is bad. It's just that they're doing all kinds of things that don't fuel their joy. And so there's a lot of relearning. Uh, there's a lot of unlearning how to be a people pleaser. You know what I mean? There's a lot of relearning who I am apart from being a, a mother even like, cause I, it's so easy to get so lost in diapers and chauffeuring and, you know, all the important stuff of motherhood, but then forget really who, who were, who were you before you were a mom and how are you made to impact the world apart from just being a mom and so giving permission slips left right and center for women to like become who they were made to be is kind of my sweet spot as a coach and it and as I do that it fuels my purpose and it lights Mm -hmm. me up and I I love my life even more so yeah yeah I love that I think to to start dreaming or start thinking, you know, people will call yeah. it because I interview so many different people. They'd call it inner child mm-hmm. work or meditation right. or prayer study or whatever you yeah. want to call it. But I kind of yeah. I like what you said is like because when I speak with others, it's like like when you were a little kid, what did you love to do? You know, exactly. um, yeah. and. and People would be like, well, what does that matter that I like to blow bubbles or I love to do chalk on the, you know, whatever, or it, you know, but it's, it's not that it's like, it's, it's that letting loose. It's like being a kid again or finding things that sometimes it is that reflection back to like, what did you like to do? You know, or I always like to go to the park or the forest or whatever. I just think there's so much, there's so much healing in nature and getting Mm -hmm. outside. I speak Mm -hmm. about that so much here. It's like, getting outside and getting quiet. I like what you said, getting quiet and taking that time to be mindful. Um, And again, you can call it whatever you want. You can, you can call it meditation or prayer or quiet time or whatever, but having that and really thinking, right? Like, okay, imagine what it would be like, like what would really make you happy? Like outside of like, if time and money and stresses weren't an issue, what would you what would you love to do to, to make you happy? You know, exactly. and then people are like, yeah. well, no, 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 no. And especially the moms, they're like, well, no, but I have to take care of Johnny and I have to do this. And I couldn't yeah. do that. It's like, but what mm. if you could? Yeah. Right? Yeah. What if all of it is possible? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I think too, like a lot of it is, is shifting our, like we all have internal narratives. We all have thoughts that we think on almost on autopilot that influence how we behave. And some of those came from external voices as we were growing up. And some of those external voices weren't helping us, uh, but they taught us to how we think. And so I think uh, I've discovered that myself and a lot of people I've met, they've almost been prevented from dreaming. It's like, it's like, you're such a dreamer. Like if if anybody ever said that to you, it was negative and it taught you that dreaming is bad and that using your imagination to have a beautiful vision for your life is, is, is wrong because really you're just supposed to work hard and then you die. Um, so I think a lot of women are kind of stuck in that, like, like not even knowing that it's okay to have a, a dream. And so there's a, there is mindset and thought work to do 
to shift the narrative and to allow the thoughts to be okay. Like, is it okay if I dream about the lake house I want to own one day? Is that okay? Would it be okay for me to dream that? And just continually giving permission and continually undoing those those thoughts or those words that were spoken to us that want to keep us small um, and want to keep us like keep us from the impact mm. that we're supposed to have on the world. There's a lot mm-hmm. of it is work. It's um, a lot it's of work. Really yeah. fruitful work, really fruitful, valuable work. Brought to you by Gorski Wellness and the possibility of a better you. Are you feeling sluggish? Ready for a change? Need more energy? Up for a bigger challenge? I'm Moira Gorski, retired nurse and wellness advocate. For over 22 years, I've been helping people live healthier lives while making small changes each and every day. Those small changes lead my clients to living a healthier lifestyle with markedly better health. As a brand ambassador for the Shackley Corporation, the most clinically proven wellness company in the world, I guide my clients to make healthier choices each day with their food, supplements, skincare, workouts, and mindset. They say getting started is half the battle. Let's make healthy happen together. If you're ready for simple, natural, sustainable solutions to feeling and looking your best, let's connect. You'll find a link in the show notes or reach out to me at moiragorski.com. Here's to a better you. Well, like you said, it's changing those narratives and, you know, depending mm. on how long you have a life you've lived, um, right. you know, I mean, you've had years of that narrative or that your parents said, or I've said on this podcast, you know, my, my grandmother, God rest her soul. Um, mm. She used to always say that, oh, Moira, she's the one that has a little trouble with things. I'm like, what does that even oh, mean? Like, you right. know, and I but think it was because. internalized it. Yeah, yeah, I believe I did. And, you know, I was the third, third mm-hmm. child, third daughter, mm-hmm. um, you know, and what I've learned through my um, life is that I am different than my siblings when my, you know, my two older sisters and my younger brother. Um, and that's yeah. okay. For so long, right. I believe I took it to believe that there was that there was something wrong with that. Something I was different. Yeah. It was negative, but and it was, different you know, that. yeah. And different is bad. And I think that she mm-hmm. saw that and mm-hmm. perhaps saw that as, you know, I had trouble or I, because I wasn't following along like my um, all of my siblings, my two sisters and my brother are very analytical, They're very analytical. Okay. And they're very just columns and rows people. And they know that I call them the <laughs> columns and rows people. And and I'm not, I'm a relationship right. person. I ended up being a nurse. Right. I love to just right. help people and like get in. Oh. And I had a meeting this morning and I was talking to her about like, she's my people, this gal that I met with, like, we love to go deep. Like, I want to talk about yeah. that. Or I, I'm going to watch all the, I'm going to watch all the hospital shows and let's, you know, oh, yeah. you know, I want right. to do all that. Cause that's, you know, that's who I am. That's you. And it's right. so, but I, but I believe I took that to believe that I did have trouble. You know, I kind of made that my narrative that I had always had a little mm-hmm. trouble with things. But then mm-hmm. I also believe that I took that and I always and then I it became some I was Moira who always figured things out because <laughs> maybe oh. I had trouble with things. But I think I turned it to I just always figured I just went and did it. 
Like I figured it yeah, out. I'm going so, to find out a way to do it. Okay, that's I'm going to find out a way yeah. to get it done and to do it. Yeah. Um, and, um, but again, there's that lifelong narrative that we have. And if we haven't been given that opportunity or given permission to dream, yeah. then perhaps like, and what I wrote down too, as you were speaking is that whole comparison thing. Like we are in just mm. in this world of comparison and I can compare myself yeah. to you and say, wow, this is what she does, but I don't think I could really do that. Or I don't like, right. if I do this, like, I don't really want to do it that way. Well, that's fine. Yeah, right. That's fine. Right? Yeah. <laughs> You're made to be you and I'm made to be me. And mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think one thing I thought about as you were talking, um, I think sometimes we can use the negative, like we can use the what are the obstacles? Because sometimes if we can notice the obstacles and get really curious about them, it actually can point to our purpose. Um, so for me, I had one obstacle as a child. I was just deathly shy. I was really shy. And I so it was really hard for me to talk, period. <laughs> and so and and on top of that, my voice was pretty quiet. And so even if I did speak, people did not hear what I had to say and or or they would interrupt and so i had a i had an obstacle for a lot of years that taught me that people don't want to hear what i have to say and so i began nobody ever said that to me but it was just because i had this repetitive obstacle i became convinced nobody cares what you have to say and so Fast forward uh, into you know later years where I'm becoming a professional um, and I'm teaching people things and whatever I'm battling that lie that nobody wants to hear what you have to say and then fast forward again to let letting joy loose I'm battling that well nobody cares what you have to write nobody cares what you have to say they're not going to listen to you anyway they're going to interrupt you and whatever and so. I have had to do a ton of work uh, with that lie because it still comes back. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's still, it's not like it's gone. It's just that now I've learned it's a lie. (laughs) And I've learned that actually talking is an important part of the way that I live into my purpose. And so even if that thought comes, I have to tell it, no, you're a lie. (laughs) The truth is I'm supposed to let joy lose and I got to talk and write in order to do that. So I'm just going to do it anyway. And so it's a little Mm -hmm. bit of like, I need to be obstinate and I need to put my foot down and say, no, that's my purpose. I'm going to do that no matter what you say and just shove it aside. And so that voice is getting quieter and less frequent, but that's been years of work for me uh, to not only identify it, but practice it like over and over and over again, be obstinate and say no to it. So sometimes I guess uh, what I'm saying is sometimes even our obstacles can highlight for us what our purpose is. And like I said before, when we know our purpose and we lean into it, that's when I feel like that's when so much joy grows. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, people can speak things over us or we can just have natural obstacles and both of those things can point to who we really Mm -hmm. are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think before I go to something you said too, is just that mm-hmm. I think when we, when we find our purpose, that's awesome. And as you said, I think when you see the joy that that purpose is giving someone else, you know, yeah. then I think that that's really um, when we really 
can know that we've, you know, we're in our, our purpose filled, you know, our purpose filled life. And, um, you know, it's that whole, like to what you said, it's that when the lies become the law, right. And the lies that, I mean, I did a lot of work with that, with some different courses that I took and, you know, with the landmark education, if people know that I did pathways to a better living, which is pathways is, is um landmark is very head centered pathways is much more mm. heart centered, but okay, there was much okay. talk about, you know, something that happened and what you took that to believe about yourself, yeah, about others, right. you know, just a very simple that one that I remember a gal got up and spoke at one of these uh, seminars and said, you know, I got up one morning and there was a suitcase by the front door and my father left and he left our family. Mm-hmm. And she wow. said, and it, she said, I took that to believe that the men in my life that I loved, they left, you know? Ah. And so mm-hmm. she had to work on, you know, because again, that's not true. Her father left. Right. But that doesn't mean that every right. man that you choose to leave. love, that all men mm-hmm. leave, but those are things mm-hmm. that happen. Right. And that, yeah. um, things that happen. And so, but that doesn't, again, we take things to, when things happen, we, okay, what did you take that to make you believe about you? Well, perhaps about you. I can't, yeah. you know, I can't, I'm not lovable enough or you know, I'm not worthy enough of love. And because if a man loves me, he's going to just leave, you know, all of those kind of things right. that just really right. play in. And, and like you said, they become this lies in our life and they become mm-hmm. the law that we follow. And again, what I love about what you do and what I encourage people to do is that we can have a different, we can have a different life. It doesn't, our past doesn't have to dictate what our future or our present can be, you know, and it's going to take Mm -hmm. some work. It's not going to be like, okay, we snap our fingers. It's all better. We're all joyful. Yeah, no, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I wish, but no, we wish, right. But it takes some work and it takes that vulnerability and it takes that being either, you know, again, I say to my listeners, either you can do it yourself or you can reach out to others, you know, someone like yourself or a friend or a journal Mm -hmm. or your, you know, pastor or whoever it is, but just start to do that self-discovery. And, um, I love that you love to write similar. That's how my, it's kind of how my journey started into this podcasting world as our daughter was struggling and there was social media and there was a blog and things like that. I started to write and, um, share out there and, you know, realize that it's okay to share. Um, not everybody's going to want to is going to really care about what you're saying, Yeah, <laughs> but there's okay. how many millions of gazillions of people in the world. So that's okay. Right. Um, that's right. But, it, but as we write, we can do some healing and self-discovery. We can also help others yeah. as we share that yeah. out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's and right. It can be a powerful thing to um, help ourselves change that narrative that has yeah. been playing that's through. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I think that we, um, like we, when we have those kinds of thoughts, those kinds of um, obstacles, and we like, so your friend who had the suitcase by the door, immediately she thought, oh, men leave. That's what men do. And so it's like when you have that kind of a thought, immediately you start to look for evidence to prove that it's true. And so she's, she's searching for proof that men always leave. And so when she sees proof, because she sees maybe somebody else's husband left, then 
it confirms it for her and it's and it digs her deeper into that as a reality. And so we have to create new thoughts. We have to, and we need help with that. Like we're not going to be good at that all by ourselves. We are going to need an external source. Like you said, somebody else or a, like a journal or something else that's got a, you know, they're, they're a bit removed from our situation. So their perspective is different to kind of help us create a new thought. Well, men don't always that my father left as true, but not all men leave. And then to start looking for the evidence to prove to ourselves that actually men don't always leave. There are faithful, steadfast, constant men who stay and love and care and all of that. But we need help. I think we're we're made for community. I believe that we're mm-hmm. we 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 function best when we're humble enough and vulnerable enough to open ourselves up to other people. And it's next to impossible to have a healthy journey alone. Um, I don't think I know anybody that has a has had a healthy mental, emotional health, spiritual health journey alone because I believe we're made for community and we learn best when we have other people speaking into us asking us hard questions you know being able to be vulnerable and loved at the same time really really important and so all of what you said I highly resonate with Mm -hmm. yeah I mean these are the conversations I love to have and I always have to watch the clock because I could talk on and on about this but it's you know I love to say like we can hold space for each other you know we can hold space for each other to you know, to support them, to um, to support our friends and to those that are being, mm-hmm. you know, are letting themselves be vulnerable and stuff like that. And we can hold yeah. space for somebody to have a better life and a more joyful life. Yeah. I don't know. Somebody said that to me once when I was leaving a seminar and I was going to visit my daughter and because um, it was her birthday and she was in a treatment center. And he just said, yeah. and it just really, I mean, people have said that to me before, but it just really struck me. You know, I'm holding space for her to be, to be better. And it just was so, it was so, well, I mean, this was a man that I highly regarded and, you know, in the network marketing world that was speaking at this cool thing. And I just was like, wow, that just made him much more real to me. And I was so humbled by that thought, but I love also in this whole energetic space and this space Mm -hmm. of positiveness and joyfulness and prayer Mm -hmm. and all that when we hold space it's almost like I just visualize that like there's a space there for that person to be more joyful or to be in recovery or to be you know for me that that's a I love to say that to others or in my in my um ballroom dance world you know my first instructor I felt so empowered by him and so motivated and just uplifted. And I said, I think he really holds space for me. I didn't believe that I could be that great of a dancer. And some days I still don't, but I felt like he held space (laughs) for me to be, but he did, he held space for me to be awesome. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's also what you can provide and for other you know, women is that you can hold space for them to, there is a place here that you can get to that's filled with joy, right? right. Yeah, that's right. I can, I can believe enough for both of us for you right now while you're not Mm -hmm. believing it yet. (laughs) Right, right. And I think that's the importance of that. Like you said, that to be in community or to not do this alone, that there are others that can believe in you or believe in this idea of being 
you know, leaning into your purpose and finding a a, a life full of joy, if you don't right. believe that so much now, that person, that support person, those friends can really hold that space, you know, yeah. for you until you yeah. really You're can super- get there yourself. Exactly. Your your ballroom dancing is so inspiring to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and I tell people like I, I it has been again, it's become something that I never imagined. And I say, right. you know, you don't you don't all have to do that, but just find something that I am always up for yeah. a bigger adventure. And that was that's great. It has become for me this bigger challenge. And I was like, Yeah, you know what? It's not always about the dancing. It's really what I'm discovering along yeah. the way. Along the way. Know? I love that. Yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so cool. um, well, Elizabeth, let us know, let our listeners know how they can find you and um, yeah. Um, and if they want to connect with you and um, sure. before we yeah. wrap, before they wrap this yeah. up. Well, my website is my name, elizabethrhino.com. And so they can go there and they can learn a little bit about the coaching that I do. I do have a, a signature coaching program that is geared to help a woman uncover her purpose. And it's a hybrid. It's it's online uh, course, but it's got one-on-one um, facet to it as well. So we meet, um, in per- or we meet virtually face-to-face. So they can go there, elizabethrhino.com. They can also find me. I just made a new Instagram account like last week, uh, Elizabeth mm. Rhino Life Coach. And because I've always had my own personal one, uh, but I wanted to also have an offshoot that was very focused on coaching tips. And so that's new. It's just starting to grow. So Elizabeth Rhino Life Coach. Those would probably be the two best places to start to find me. And they can um, they can message me through my website by filling out a contact form. Um, or they can literally send me a direct message on Instagram. I love talking one-on-one behind the scenes with people and just getting connected and finding out where you're at in life. And uh, I feel like we always learn from each other. And so the more connections mm-hmm. I can make, the better. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, um, you know, just as you, as we wrap up, you know, what would be some of your final words to someone that's listening and um, that um, you just like them to hear as you, um, as you finish up today and as they're listening about, about joy and things like that, what would be some of your, your last words? Um, I guess I would, I would just encourage you that it doesn't have to stay that it doesn't have to stay as it is right now. Um, and, and everything wants to convince you that your past and the things you've lived through, maybe the things that you've done or the things that have been done to you, are the final word. And I just want to say that they're not, they're not the final word. Uh, we all have the opportunity to grow and to be transformed. Um, and, and, and there is so much possibility in front of us for joy and for hope and for a life that you're allowed to dream about. Um, so I would encourage anybody that's listening to this, if they're feeling discouraged or if they're feeling overwhelmed or if they're feeling stuck, that it's not the end. Um, but they're going to need to take a step and have the belief that, okay, more is possible. I'm worth pursuing joy. I think that's, that's part of it is we, we often don't feel like we're worth it. We don't feel like we have enough value to actually pursue a joyful life. And so I just would say you have value like incredible value. You have purpose, incredible purpose. And underneath all of that is a wellspring of joy that 
wants to let loose and wants to be cultivated. It's there and it can be found. And so um, don't give up and don't, don't give in and uh, take the step towards joy. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. That's um, and you know, it's, it's, it's very true. I appreciate you sharing all of that. You know, the last two and a half years or so have not been, you know, has sucked a lot of joy out of our lives when <laughs> right? um, these yeah. things come into our life that are um, unexpected, um, out of our control yeah. and things like that. So I'm yeah. glad that you were able to be here today. Um, I did another interview last week. I'm just trying to bring, you know, more just motivating and encouraging and things like that. Of that, yeah. There's ways that, um, and it doesn't have to be that you're in the midst of a addiction or you know that it's just just, yeah or a major crisis yeah major Mm -hmm. crisis um Mm -hmm. I think we all went through a major crisis the last couple years and there is again I love your your hopeful your hopeful message here today um Mm -hmm. that there is the possibility of joy and um love that you're living it um love that we got connected so thank you Elizabeth yeah Yeah. thank you so much Maura yeah. And I just, uh, again, hope that all you listeners hear that too, that it doesn't matter what you're going through. Um, there are, I mean, if you are in a crisis, I always say, please reach out for help, um, find the professional help that you need, but know that you don't have to do this path of life alone, you know, reach out to either one of us or a trusted friend or a, a therapist or whatever the case may be, yeah. because there is, I'm here to tell you that there is life on the other side of that struggle and our past. We can, um, you know, what one of my mentors, if you will, or a gal that I was in a c- circle with for a couple of years, she had us create kind of um, a mantra or saying in the beginning of the year, is that I'm the possibility of oh, yeah. fill in the blank. And I put away the story that, and I love that. And maybe I'd love to add this with that is that, you know, you can be the possibility of joy or I can be, you can be the mm-hmm. possibility of whatever, you know, mm-hmm. fill in the blank and mm-hmm. you can put away the story that your voice doesn't matter. You know, like with you yes. that, you know, yes. I can put away the, the story that things are not going to work out. I can put away you, we can put away that story Mm. and we can step into the possibility of a better life. So that's great. I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So thanks again, Elizabeth. Um, Everything will be in the show notes so you can connect with her, um, connect with my journal. Uh, Again, uh, thanks again for being here and thanks for listening. Please continue to share these podcasts with others because that's how I continue to do the work and know that this um, these words are getting to others that need to hear it too. So thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, head over to iTunes and leave me a five-star review. Share it with others and make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss a thing. I've got a tribe over on Facebook, so head over there and search for Juggling the Chaos of Recovery Podcast Tribe. And do you know somebody who has a story, a story to share, a story of recovery and hope? Please let me know, as I'd love to feature them as a guest on one of these next upcoming podcasts. And perhaps you're looking for a community of like-minded, collaborative, and supportive people who cheer each other on as we strive to improve our lives. If that sounds like something you've been looking for, schedule some time with me. You'll find the links in the show notes. Let's talk and let me help you find your way. And I'm here to tell you that you're worth it.